the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Well, the region is watching the trial of Nathaniel Veltman, who is accused of running down and killing the Afzal family with his truck on June 6th, 2021. The trial began about two weeks ago, and the jury has heard some pretty shocking allegations in that short time. So today I'm talking with London Free Press crime reporter Jane Sims about what the uh, court has heard so far and what's to come. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm fine, Rachel. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, So I know that you're spending all your days in court. Today happens to be an off day uh, for court. So thank you for spending it with us. But um, just briefly go over what what is the court heard, who we heard from so far, kind of where are we in the trial right now? Well, I think we're all a little surprised how far we've gotten. Um, this is uh, this is a case that involves a lot of Crown witnesses and a lot of information. The Crown case is is pretty deep. Um, but I'm I'm actually kind of surprised how far we've gotten already. Um, uh we have seen video, we have seen the police interview, we've seen video of uh, Mr. Veltman cells, we have seen video at the crime scene. Um, we've had one civilian witness who was who heard the, the uh, truck rev from her, her, her apartment balcony. Um, we have, uh, we've, most of the, the, I think the most compelling, yeah, that was compelling evidence, but the most intense evidence I would say has come from Detective Micah Bordeaux, who is the uh, police officer who interviewed Mr. Bellman um, in the hours after uh, he was arrested at Cherry Hill Mall. Um, If you've gone to our website, you'll see that we have posted a whole bunch of videos. One of the videos that is an exhibit at the trial is the actual arrest of Mr. Bellman at Cherry Hill Mall. And and if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth looking at. I, I will say this. I am I am uh, um, pretty impressed with the kind of uh, video and and uh, on scene uh, evidence that has been presented, and um, I think there's some kudos that needs to go to the London Police Forensics Team who was a, who's been able to piece together this this stuff and and has made the narrative, the Crown's narrative of this case, go in fluidly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking speaking of the video that that uh, at Cherry Hill Mall, um, kind of after the Afzal family was hit, the car, the the, the black truck uh, drives into the parking lot and and they're only, the only other thing in the parking lot is a cab. And so he drives right over to the cab and, and tells the <laughs> cab driver to call 911. Um, yeah. So and we do hear that 911 call, which in itself is shocking because yeah. essentially he admits to doing it. Veltman admits to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That that's the one thing about we heard from that cab driver too, and I'm just you know there's been so much information. If I'm kind of yeah. jumping around all over the place, but that cab driver was a, was an excellent witness. He was uh, you know, and I I can't imagine what it must have been like for him. He was just sitting there having a coffee, getting ready to go start his night, and have a have this truck with obvious front end damage to it, and a guy wearing an army helmet drive up to him and demand that he call the police. Right, mm-hmm. that was that was very compelling evidence. Right. But yeah, he drives right up. I, I, I think what the sense that we're getting, and it certainly comes out in the police interviews, Mr. Bellman wants everybody to know what he did, right? He is, he is, he is 
he wants the cab driver to know, he wants the 911 operator to know. As we get farther along into this, we're, we're going to see the efforts that he's made to, I think, you know, particularly from what he said to D- Detective Bordeaux. I mean, he, you know, he, he made a T-shirt. He, uh, he had a truck. He, yeah. uh, and, and we know from what he said, he'd been thinking about this for several months. Mm-hmm. And um, from March, he did it in June. He told uh, D- Detective Bordeaux, he couldn't say why he did it June 6th. He planned to do it by the end of the summer. He had thought about going on a rampage, but in Mr. Veltman's kind of strange characterization of the whole thing, he said, yeah, but like after I did it, it was I don't really want to talk about it because it was, quote, unquote, distasteful was the word he used. It, right. it wasn't. You know, it was, um, he, he is, he's, he talks about having a message. He mm-hmm. wants the message to go out. Um, and it all revolves around white nationalism mm-hmm. and um, revenge against Muslims. And it's, it's shocking. It's, it's stunning. It is, um, it's, it's what I think our community knew, but to hear the words come out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us expected that he would he would deny this, you know, or deny it somehow. The interesting thing to me is that he's pled not guilty um, to these charges. um, And yet we've got all this evidence from police where he admits to doing it. He says things like, I want the world to know what I did. I want he essentially insinuates he wants to inspire other people to do the same thing. What a dichotomy from that to pleading not guilty. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll talk about that on on two points if I can, Rachel. Yeah. First of all, um, one of the odd things to me, as someone who's covered a lot of court, was when Mr. Veltman was arraigned in front of the jury panel in Windsor. Um, it was his lawyer Chris Hicks who put the pleas in for him. He didn't say not guilty. His lawyer did, mm. and I've been I've been struggling to 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 understand why that has happened, and I'm still trying to get a. Get an is that normal? Is that no. normal that the lawyer would say it instead of the 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 accused? No, it's not. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, right. you, you you expect if you're going to be arraigned on first degree murder charges, you're going to say not guilty, right? But the other thing I'm, I'm going to say about it is this: every Canadian is entitled. Every Canadian and who is an accused person is entitled to have a trial. Mm-hmm. And if you're charged with first degree murder, you are facing the lengthiest sentence that we have in Canadian law. It's a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. If you were facing that kind of, of penalty, that kind of sentence, you got nothing to lose if you, if you have a trial, right? I mean, who knows how the evidence is going to come out? Who knows what the witnesses sure. are going to say and what you're going to look at? Or, yep. you know, what defense you have if you have a legitimate def- defense to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I, I don't read much into the fact that we're having a, a a trial. I mean, for him to, you know, usually when someone pleads guilty, there there's some sort of um, in, incentive to do it. Mm-hmm. With first degree murder, there is no incentive because you are um, you are facing the lengthiest sentence that that we have. So mm-hmm. I I've had a couple of questions from readers asking me that. And sure. that's the best answer that I can give you. And you know what? I, I, I think it's important, really, to have a trial because the facts are coming out, the whole mm-hmm. thing. 
everything. In the coming days, we will, the, the, the courts will be releasing the videos of him talking to, to Mike Abordo. And when that happens, we will get them and we will be posting them on our website. And as, 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 as much as I described them, I don't think it will, it really um, replaces what people will think once they see those videos. We're yeah. still waiting for that exhibit to, to be released. And I, I expect, I was hoping maybe this week we will see. Right. Um, it, the, it's the different to hear his voice say it oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to see how he, how he acts and how he, you know, he's bursting as far as I'm concerned to tell Mike Bordeaux everything. And it mm -hmm. isn't, it, he, there isn't many buttons that he, that, you know, uh, let me rephrase that. Mike Bordeaux does an incredible job interviewing him, but he doesn't have to press many, many buttons to, to get him to, talk so no he did um, two interviews as the public will see. Uh, right sorry he did two interviews one was at yeah. uh he was arrested around 8 30 p.m the first interview was yeah, at 1 a.m okay yeah the mm -hmm. first interview was at 1 a.m yeah. the second interview was 10 a.m the next morning and he seemed yeah. to almost veltman seemed to almost backtrack on some things a little bit or soften soften the blow on some statements he made from 1 a.m to 10 a.m is that right? Yeah. Did you find that? Two different Veltmans, let right. me say. Uh, in that first video, I mean, he's been waiting around, and that's not unusual. Let's let's be clear. I mean, this is a major case. Mm -hmm. um, the London police have to, the investigators have to get their information together before they sit him down in an interview room and, and talk to him. So if he's arrested, they pretty much have him processed through booking by about quarter after nine, 20 after nine. So he waited, what, he waited four hours? Mm -hmm. to be to be inter, inter, interviewed he, in that time he had a chance to talk to, to a lawyer we saw that and then he was housed in a dry cell um which is what happens when you have said to the booking officer yeah i've thought about i thought about suicide before right like that is not an unusual thing okay yeah he's taken to, to the interview room and there there's a three-hour conversation that he has with mike mike abordo and he ha and 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 make no mistake De detective bordo has to have his information ready to talk to him sure and bellman is ready to talk the the next morning after bellman's had a little bit of sleep and maybe the uh, adrenaline has worn off a little bit and mm. maybe it's kind of set in what you've done and he's a lot more subdued sure. however i will say this as much as he he doesn't answer as many questions he still goes on about a bunch of stuff and mm -hmm. one point that he makes in the second interview that I found extraordinary is the is the fact that he made the the, the okay sign with his hands uh, when he was handcuffed at Cherry Hill Mall. He turned around and and pointed that at one of the officers, and he explains to to De Detective Bordeaux that well, yeah, that is a white power sign, hmm. right? Although mm -hmm. he doesn't see he sees himself as a white nationalist. That's his. Right. That's his explanation. He, yeah, he's, anyway. he describes himself that way. He, um, he insinuates that he wants to be an inspiration to other people to do a similar kind of thing. Um, yeah. But he also talked about some people that inspired him to do this. Did he? Who, oh yeah. Who did? Yeah. Who did he mention? Well, his his main inspiration is is the man who was who uh, who was responsible for those terrible um, murders in New, New Zealand. Uh, yes, at the yeah. uh, mosque in, in New Zealand, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he said that that he was his main main inspiration. I'm not. I put the guy's name in my stories, but I'm not going to mention him now. I find sometimes mm -hmm. I'm finding it hard to to actually, in my mind, 
you know, it's like, you know, name, use those name names them. in my story simply because my story simply because it's it, it goes to spreading that word again. But anyway, that was yep. his main inspiration. He mentions some others, too. And, and, and he is particularly incensed by what he perceives as an issue in the United Kingdom with with Muslim grooming gangs. Now we haven't gotten into that issue yet of exactly what that is. I've, there, there's stuff out there, but I'm not going to go into it. Okay. He, he, there, he also, uh, before he went out and uh, killed the Assal family, he had reviewed a video of someone in, I believe in the UK who had taken a, a vehicle and run into people. Right. Um, and he watched that and then went back out. Um, and he made a mention at one point about why he used a vehicle instead of a, a gun, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. He wanted to show that you don't need a gun to kill mm-hmm. people. You mm-hmm. can use something else. Right. And he wanted Which, to cause as much damage as possible, I think. He wanted, He says, I chose yeah, right. to grow, go as brutal as I did because I believed I needed to send a strong message as I could. Right. And he also said his, his original plan was to go on a rampage. Mm. But after he had... And what would family, have that included? Did he Did he indicate? Well, he, he won't say what that was going, going to, to include. However, what he did say is that after he did it, he was like, ah, I'm just going to turn myself in now. I don't need to mm. do it anymore. Um, mm. I think it had something something clicked in his head. But his sure. his explanation is is that the original plan was to go on, and the word he uses is rampage. Yeah. So now, um, Detective Bordeaux was uh, interviewed on the stand this week, and the defense was arguing that Veltman. Um, perhaps had had mental issues and and why did they and they questioned on why did you continue to interview him um what was that discussion like in court this week well i i think what one of the <laughs> one of the one of the things that i'm getting asked a lot is what's the defense here and mm-hmm. and so we're we're slowly seeing the direction that they're going but first of all we spent a whole day last week uh watching four hours well i guess it was a day and a half by the time we got through it it was it was a it was a sped up version of the different camera angles at the london police police service um uh that would capture every one of mr veltman's movements um that is first of all i think that was fascinating to start with that they could piece mm-hmm. together you know every single second mm-hmm. however it, it it's, it's it's not a real compelling watch it's a lot of him pacing in a cell and you know lying down getting back up sitting down right so waiting yeah uh, but i think the the idea on the part of the defense is they wanted to present what that looked like to to the jury um and then to uh detective bordeaux there is um they're sort of planting seeds i think to say that 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 you know well, he he didn't have a pillow or a blanket. Well, yeah, okay. Um, that he he was uh, he he was left a- alone for hours. That 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 he was purposely purposely. That's the that's from from the defense not given any food or anything to uh, drinks to to line him up to to become real chatty with De- Detective Bordeaux. Now now uh, for his part, uh, the police officer said um, I had no issue with his mental state. I I didn't recognize anything. And I, and, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the, the, the insinuation from the defense is, well, 
you say the, the police set suspects up by not giving them anything to eat. So they will talk once they go into the, the interview room. And they're, they're, that's just not, that's just yeah. not the way it goes. Okay. Yeah. I know you have covered so many trials, obviously, um, pretty horrific ones as well. What's been the most shocking thing that you've heard so far? Even if you've you've mentioned it already, but I know there are some pretty shocking things that have come out. What's shocked you the most about this so far? Um, well, I I I really think that the intensity of his beliefs um and his explanation as to why he really believes he did the right thing mm. is is what is most troubling uh to me mm. and it's this dare i say this distorted view of what the world looks like for for nathaniel veltman and um how he perceives other people and what's going on and what his place is in the world um this yeah. idea that a 20 year old and i'll dare i say kid from london ontario was going to send a message to Muslim grooming gangs in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's fantastical in a way, like it's just not, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, and, and to know that this kind of um, expression of hate was simmering for so long in, in basically a young man. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, we, there, there's always that classic thing every time that there's a bad thing happened. Uh, you know, it's it's become rather cliche. Some will say, "Well, what was he like?" And they'll say, "Well, he was a quiet man, right?" Like we've seen that a million times before, mm -hmm. you know. But we don't know what's what's happening to someone and how they're thinking and how that thinking is being being channeled. I think one of the things that surprised me the other day is. Uh, um, is the fact that uh, uh, what was pointed out to um, the de detective, he was brought back to, he, he said, he asked him this in the second police interview, asked Feldman about his best friend and who happened to be a Muslim guy. Oh, interesting. Wow. And, uh, you know, Feldman's uh, response was, well, he's not really Muslim. He was born in a Muslim family, but he's not really Muslim. And, um, oh, yeah. And so, so he, yeah. you know, where, you know, uh, there, there, there'll be lots of studies about what went on here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The bottom line we got to find out here is, first of all, under the law, is he guilty? Um, the and that's up to the jury, and and the jury's going seeing two paths as we go along here. Where you okay. know, for first degree murder, you have to, you know, the main path in the first degree murder trial is planning and, and deliberation. If 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 the act is planned and deliberate. But the other thing that's fascinating about this, which is where I think the lessons lie, is the fact is is that federal prosecutors are part of this prosecution team, and they want to prove that that this was an act of terror. Mm -hmm. um, that is a bit of a that that will be interesting for people like me who are kind of a wonk about the law and like to see how this happens. But what they have to do is 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 to um, is to prove that there was an ideology. Right. And that he had an ideology and that this this is what compelled him to do what he did. Which so uh, far he seems to be quite willing to talk about or has oh, has chatty. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, which, um, but it's, yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. sorry. I the um 
the murder uh, charges, of course, if, if you're guilty, it's it's life uh, with no parole for 25 years. But do the terrorism charges added on to that make a difference to the sentence at all? No, it doesn't. And that's that that's the kind of that's the thing that that I think some some people were kind of some legal legal uh, pundits are going, OK, do we really need this? Yeah, right. What's the point? Really need to, to like, I mean, it, it's not going to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And even when when the jury returns a verdict, if it's guilty, we don't know yet. Right. They don't have to say how they reach that that decision. If, you know, there, there's there if the 12 jurors who will be deciding this case, there's 14 jurors, by the way, but 12 will make make the decision. Mm-hmm. If they decide he's guilty, um, you know, maybe eight of them think it's planning and deliberation and four things who think it's terrorism. They don't have to say they don't have to mm. to, to to tell the uh, court where, where that decision will be made is in a finding of fact when, when he's sentenced by by when and if he's sentenced by the judge. Mm. I'm couching this because we're not there yet. Right. Um, no. This is so, supposed to be a lengthy trial. We were expecting about three months. Um, it, will Veltman take the stand at all? Do we know if he will? We don't know. We okay. don't know. There, there's a couple things there, and I'll, and if I could just pick up one thread on the uh, on on the sure. terrorism side of that, like it's it's the 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 part that that I think is is uh, that we need to understand is um, we we've never seen this argued in front of a first degree uh, murder jury before, mm-hmm. and there is uh, there 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 is possible precedent setting here regarding what white nationalism is. Uh, if in fact that that is mm. proven, right, that it is that those acts and that sends a message out into the community yeah. and to like minded people. Okay? But I, I'll, I'll go back to the length of the trial. Yeah, this is supposed to be three months. Um, jury was told at the beginning of the trial, uh, not during jury selection, but at the beginning of the trial. Well, basically, good news. We think we can get this done in eight, eight weeks. OK, the way this evidence is going in. It may be quicker. I'm, you know, right. I guess I'm kind of hopeful because it's an awfully long time. But it is, yeah. But going. we've gotten a lot so far. I mean, it's truly shocking. Yeah. Without yeah, we, even we the still, first week. Yeah, we, we still have a lot of stuff to go through. And and uh, Mr. Veltman's defense team does not have to tell the court until the Crown's case is in whether or not they're they are going to call evidence. So we don't mm. know yet. We don't know what the plan is. Okay. Um, we won't know until that day. Right. So and they're we, not. What, what are we looking for forward to? I, I don't want to say forward. What are we looking at in the next week, maybe two weeks um, at trial? Do we know? Well, um, I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to hesitate on saying exactly what what uh, what who and what and when I'll be called. But but we do know from the opening statement from from the Crown that, you know, there, there there's some forensic stuff we have to look at. Uh, if you'll recall, there, there, there were searches, um, you know, if we we will probably, I, I, I expect, we're going to hear from a lot of police officers in the coming mm-hmm. weeks. Um, I am, I, I don't know how many civilians, I'm, I'm kind of hoping and wishing that those folks that had to come across that terrible scene won't have to come in. Um, yeah. Not only is it, is this tough as far as reliving what happened, but you know, they are traveling to Windsor. I mean, we are out of town and, and that's, that's, you know, that adds a particular kind of burden on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, we'll see. I, I, you know, I, I never want to say what's coming because I, I don't know either. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we're definitely going to be watching your reporting. I know you've got some live reporting happening while you're in court, so we can watch for that pretty much daily, right? Yeah, we're doing a live blog. If you go to our website um, every day, you will see that we have teed up for the day. What It'll, it'll say what day it is, and, and there is a blog there. We keep mm-hmm. it up as much as we can. I will say that it's... Uh, I, I, I do try to re- refresh it every 20 minutes or so, but uh, yeah. It's a task it's, uh, with all the information. For well, sure. you know, it's been, yeah, it's been challenging. And, and I think every reporter who's, who's there will tell you it's been challenging because it's been a bit of a tidal wave of, of information. I mean, it isn't like, this is not a whodunit. And, and we have agreed statements of fact from the crown and, and the defense that said, yeah, he hit them. It is, he did it. He mm. He took that truck, he drove north on Hyde Park Road, he turned it around and he hit that family. Um, So uh, this is, I've I've had emails, why are we having, you know, why are we having a trial or what's going on here? Well, you know, we need to know and we need to to be able to identify what this is. And get that, uh, get that information out. Yeah. Right. Because okay. this city needs to know this city was was so affected by Absolutely. this this event. I, I I can't think in all of these decades that I've been reporting of a single uh, a single event violent event that has galvanized the spirit of the city like this did. And um, this community needs to needs to understand why it happened. Absolutely, yeah. Well, there's a lot to take in and I'm sure there's a lot more, but we'll definitely be watching your reporting at LFPress.com. Thank you, Jane, and good no luck problem. in court. Thanks, Rachel. Good good to see you.